Welcome to the Cram and Create Club Eagle Nest Podcast. Welcome back to Cranmer Creek Club's Eagle Nest Podcast, Season 3. It's great to be back here. I'm your host, Craig Hookie, otherwise known as Chook. It's great to be joined by the one, the only, Jordan Margenberg again for another season. Jordan, I'm very well, Craig. Thank you very much for having me back for a third season. I do know that my spot was in jeopardy. Well, you wouldn't be the first host to be kicked off the show. I'd be number three, wouldn't I? <laughs> potentially, potentially. Um, and running with the same theme of last year's show, we're going to have a special guest on each week. And this week, we are lucky enough to be joined by our new senior head coach. And uh, that's Mick Sweeney. So, Mick Sweeney, glad to have you on Excited board. Excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Uh, a long-time listener, first time Correct, caller. yeah. I was a big fan of the uh, season wrap of the second season, so I'm, I'm very glad to be on with you, boys. Uh, our absolute pleasure. How's isolation treating us, boys? Well, I'm, I'm actually just listening to Mick speak then. Uh, he obviously got a lot of media training down in Dandenong. Um, nobody has introduced themselves so well before. And last time we had a head coach on, he said, I want to see the questions before I come on. <laughs> that is true. That is a true story. Uh, well, isolation for me is going it's going okay. I just walked off the golf course, uh, mask on. Uh, yeah, I shot a, a putrid 50-odd for 12 holes. So um, if you count that as good, at least I'm outside. Uh, well, that's pretty good because the last time I played six holes, I'd scored 62. <laughs> Yep, no, I'll take my 50, thank you. Yeah, we finished on the six at Settlers Run just before the clubhouse and just called it a day. It was getting dark. <laughs> That's my own track too. I was at a centenary yeah. park. I had no excuse. Well, actually, I was down at uh, Settlers Run today and I, I did ask. I said, where are the Sweeney boys at? Apparently, they're booked in today, but I've obviously got my days wrong and I've seen you on the on the list for tomorrow. Yeah, Nick. no, I'll be out there tomorrow. Might have a, a free spot considering Pete's gone and done the selfish thing and had a kid and pulled out on me. So, um, yeah, I'll be out there tomorrow. I'll tell you what, I'd have a word with Pete because selfish. getting a spot at Settler's Run at the moment is as rare as hen's teeth. And I don't care if it's your firstborn, your 10th born, the next LeBron James, you do not give up your spot at Settler's Run on a Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fair too, to be honest. We must say uh, a massive congratulations uh, to Pete on the, ball, uh, the birth of his first first child, Flynn. Um, so congratulations to Pete. Um, look forward to seeing young Flinny boy run around in a Cranbourne shirt very, very soon. Yeah, no, he's done well. He's a good-looking little fella too, so he's done better than better than well. Plenty of, well, plenty well, of Christy in him, that's for sure. I, I must say, Marty Kelly and Pete, uh, I can see them having a bit of a hair off. Well, if, well, if Marty's I mean... anything like Pete, Pete's pretty happy with the way he's travelling. Oh, Marty's more than happy. I was just actually thinking this. I mean, the Sweeney brothers definitely bring up the the rig department. So our our body fat in uh, index wouldn't be great last season. I, I, I'm sure you agree there, Craig. Uh, yes. 
And and both the Sweeney boys have come in with with pretty good rigs. I mean, I've only met them in the flesh the one time, um, and I just can't help but think that my twenty five percent body fat is not going to cut it in the change rooms come shower time. <laughs> I'm lucky, just, lucky I'm just letting you talk. Rules. I'm loving this. <laughs> I didn't lucky, think I was travelling that well, burgers. but I'll take that. Lucky Burger this year, there's petition walls, so we don't have to see that dreadful thing you call a, a rig. Well, I think the writing was on the wall for our head coach last year when in about round 12, I had the shirt off and he just didn't say anything, just moved his arms in like an hourglass sort of fashion and sort of was, was saying that's how my body looked with a shirt off, looked like an hourglass. Oh, whack. Uh, the way I was going to actually introduce... Mick, uh, Mick, I was going to throw all these stats out, but I thought uh, one stat really caught my eye. So, Mick, in 224 innings on my cricket, you've got 15 ducks. Burger, in 86 innings on my cricket, you've got 15 ducks. So, congratulations. Yeah, well, level pegged. So, <laughs> may the best man win at the end of the season. <laughs> I'm, I'm fuming I got 15 ducks. You've done well there. <laughs> Oh, don't be fuming, mate. I got 30. <laughs> the thing that's saving me, though, is a lot of red ink ducks because I have got a lot of them. Well, they don't count as they ducks. Don't, surely they don't count. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, give it a few more balls. If it wasn't for the partner at the other end, I would have no doubt had another 40 on top oh, of that. Oh, fair play. <laughs> uh, so, Mika, just, we had a quick uh, senior players meeting the other day, and for the people that didn't listen uh, or tune into that, we pity you. Um but uh, do you want to give us a rundown on uh, – we'll start with the reasons for returning to your home club at Cranbourne. Yeah, um, I suppose I've been at Daniel a long time, probably close to 20 years. Um, and enjoyed every minute of it, to be honest. Um, but like anything, uh, I think I ended up at the point of – I made the decision to come back to Cranbourne. I think I was the second oldest bloke on the list to uh, – to Mark Borison, who was who was captain in the fours, so maybe it was time to give a couple of decent, you know, really talented young young players in the thirds a, a crack. And I'm I'm not one that wanted wanted to grab or wanted to take the tap on the shoulder and be asked to move on. So I thought, you know, uh, I spoke to Mick Randall about about the opportunity at Cranbourne and, and thought, you know, everything kind of lined up really. Obviously having his little one on the way um, was a bit of an influence as well. So everything just lined up nicely this year. So what I'm yeah. hearing then, what I'm hearing is you're a bit of a list clogger. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll cop that, but I did, I, 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 what I will say is, the stats weren't too bad to fit in the last season. I think I went before uh, before I was pushed, so I was very happy well, to go that, when I did. That, Craig, that's you've been a, you've been a big advocate of that. Jump before pushed? No, because Funky always told me walk before you pushed. Yeah, well, he's done that. So that's why every time when I nick it to the keeper, I just walk off. No, no, I'm not sure I'm condoning that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what age did you leave Cranbourne, Nick? Uh, I think I left Cranbourne probably around 15, I think, 15 or 16. Yeah, probably yeah. 15 years old, I think. I started, uh, I played Dowling Shield and then uh, went straight into Premier Cricket from there um, at about, yeah, 15, 16 years old. 
good segue into my next question is so your first year at Premier Cricket, Premier Senior Cricket from the junior. Yep. What was the biggest lesson that you'd learned in that just that season? Uh, yeah, so I played Downing Shield at, at Melbourne and then and, and played senior cricket there and it was a it was a fair eye opener. Um, even fourth eleven cricket there was pretty there was there were a lot of I suppose season hardened senior cricketers that um, yeah kind of opened my eyes it was always you, you listen to the great cricketer and they talk about some of the some of the stuff they see in the in, in the back change rooms and things I wasn't quite ready for all of that but um, yeah it's probably more the discipline side of things um, I remember getting as a 16 year old or 15 year old playing in my first, I hadn't played 10 games making a poor decision and getting out and getting and copying a spray off the field Um <coughs> You know, I wasn't ready for that coming from from junior cricket. So, um, all of a sudden, you're, you're with with uh, adults that expect a whole heap more from you, and and you've got to live up to that. And if you don't, then you're going to have questions asked of you. So you, you learn quick. So, being the great media person that I am, and I'm just segueing into questions here. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell sixteen year old Pete? Uh, sorry, Mick. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. I'd, I'd go towards um, focusing on game sense stuff. I know this is probably a little bit serious for the podcast, but I'd probably work on decision-making and, and discipline. Um, I was a bit bit of a loose cricketer back then. I'd you know, like to start meetings quickly and, and get away, but it cost me um, – it, it did cost me kind of – a perception of how I played the game, um, and and I think that cost me progressing through the grades quicker than I than I did, uh, and that's my own fault. But uh, yeah, I think at the time through my, through my late teenage years, I, I had a perception, the wrong perception of how how I should play the game, and um, I definitely do that differently. Craig, I'll, I'll chime in for a couple of questions here. I do like the serious topic now of uh, Premier, and obviously. Uh, Cranbourne has seen their fair share of kids who, who show something, not necessarily star, but show something, and they make their transition into Premier Cricket. And I have seen on a personal basis, I think that kids have gone too soon, have probably had their you know, egos pumped up a little bit. What's your sort of view on that transition in being such a young age when you went over to Premier Cricket? What, what do you see the right age or the right moment to take that step? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that's one um, that a lot of people, a lot of uh, dads, um, teenagers, whatever it might be, ask themselves. And yeah, uh, it's. I don't think. I don't think there's a right time. I think it's you got to take it like a differentiated approach. I think when when the time's right for the individual is when it's right. Um, for me, I wouldn't change a thing. I think I did go at the right time. I think I did learn a lot. Um, I'd probably go to Dandenong sooner than I. Uh, I would have gone to Dandenong first, other than, than Melbourne. I think that suited my game um, and the, the place I went to. So I, I think it can be situational as well. You got to find the right club um, that suits you. Um, yeah, when I got to to Dandenong, the the speed at which I, I learned it and the players I learned from, um, I, I would not change a thing. 
it just depends what I suppose another thing is what your what your goals and ambitions were I, I, I knew that it was going to take me some time to get to where I needed to be I knew I had some deficiencies in my game that were going to take me some time to work through um, I had some really good mentors that talked me through those and, and my progression was really steady I think it was Every every eighteen months or so, every season and a half, I would jump a grade, and and I'd solidify myself in that higher grade. Um, but for others, um, you know, Pete, Pete jumped jumped through the grades really quite quickly. Um, so it, it, it's very individual. Um, I've seen it, you know, before where you know, some dads can sometimes push to have their their sons get into Premier Cricket really quickly, and it not work out. Um, yeah, so I don't know. When when you're ready, you're ready. Um, hopefully, hopefully Pete and I coming back with our experience can can help some of these players and, and talk them through what their thoughts are, what their ambitions, when they want to go, where they want to go, what they what they want to achieve. Um, yeah, because it can be it can be a bit confusing and, and tricky to make the transition at times. Can be uneasy, no, I would have I'm thought, not... on on kids at times. Um, you know, I don't really know what the situation is around Premier clubs, but you know, you sort of hear fifteen, twenty years ago. Nor will you, Jordan, because you're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of get invited down to um, to Premier cricket. I don't feel that's the case anymore. I feel like kids almost just rock up to training now and and sort of join in, and and they probably get told whether they can make it or not, but. It was a. Did you have to get the tap on the shoulder to come down to Melbourne on the back of your, I think it's that junior sort of comp, yeah, halfway comp that you did. Yeah, I got I got asked off the back of a pretty good um, under fourteen, my last under fourteen year, um, and uh, the Melbourne recruiter kind of put a phone call into Dad, and and I think we were all surprised as any, but kind of get um, invited up up there and you think, you know, how good is this? But um, that's probably not the wrong thing to do, but um, I definitely, you know, in hindsight, probably would have gone to somewhere that suited me better at Dandenong. But um, in saying that, you know, kids just turn up and it, and, and are told if they can make it or not. I know Dandenong has a pretty, I don't know, Casey South Melbourne does and I know other clubs do as well, a pretty um, organised junior development program um, these days because Dowling Shield used to be run by the the Premier Clubs. It's not that anymore. So how do you transition players from club cricket and juniors to, to senior competitive Premier Cricket is is a real challenge. So trying to get those organised systems and, and squads together is really, really important. And Danny Nong's had some great success, great success off the back of getting that transition right um, and getting those players that, that are capable through the system as best as possible. Um, and I know Case in South Melbourne and, and Frankston and Monash, they're all trying – every club's trying to do the same thing. So. Yeah. I'll just, I just finish sort of on that premier pathway and, and so forth. A lot of – there are younger kids that do listen to the podcast and, you know, I don't want to – A lot of young juniors listen to our podcast because we're great people. Yeah. So I, I just want to put that out there. Some kids may listen to that and sort of see it as a little bit of bashing, but I think Cranbourne's junior program that, Craig, you run is is really set up so that we can push you further. 
Cranbourne's goal as a cricket club and their junior program, from what Craig has, has consistently put out there as his message, is playing second 11 and first 11 at Cranbourne is not the end goal mm. if that's not what you want it to be. If you want it to be Premier Cricket, and we've seen it with a few of the boys in the last couple of years, that we will, uh, Craig, I should say, and, and the junior club program, will push you as far as you're wanting to go yeah. and help you and encourage you to go down that path. So I just want to finish on that. I sort of had a few questions that probably no, might have seemed a little bit, you know, bashing of that program. It's such an important kids. message, though. It, it really is an important message um, because, you know, when when careers at premier level, you know, tongue-in-cheek careers, but they're all amateurs. But once once you're done at premier level, You've you've gathered that experience. You've had that that at, at a higher level. You come back to where where you feel comfortable and, and the places that gave you the opportunities, and you come back hopefully as a better player. Um, and that's definitely something that is is in Peyton Peyton um, my thinking is we wanna we wanna promote juniors. We want them to play Premier cricket. We want them to fulfil their potential and the, the highest and challenge. If you're going to fulfill your potential you need to challenge yourself at the highest possible level you can get to and and in victoria that's premier cricket so um that's going to be encouraged no doubt about it it's a really good point you make so now to the nitty-gritty is mick sweeney better or is pete sweeney better at cricket are you asking me that question? That's I'm a bit biased. Uh, yes, yes, yes. No, no. I don't, I don't want. I don't want any honesty. Uh, sorry, uh, humility. Well, look, we're very, very different cricketers. Pete's left-handed. I'm right-handed. I bowl medium. He bowls spin. Um, so Pete's the better one. Yeah, it's starting to sound a lot well, like that. <laughs> Pete, Pete's probably. I reckon Pete. Pete's, uh, I'm very, very jealous of Pete's natural ability and his two, oh, his, um, the premiership he won in, I think it was 11-12 or I can't even remember, but the best, yeah, 10-11, I, um, I was I was 12th man and um, I got got dropped, got dropped for the semi-final and uh, Pete went on to bat at three um, and, and win a, a flag. I think I'd just about give anything up. Um, to, uh, to, to play in that game. Um, I got to field, but I didn't get to, to play. Um, it was an amazing game. But my, I, I, think my, I think Pete's second 11 stats, he's got it all over me. Um, Batting-wise, I think my first 11 stats are pretty comparable. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty jealous of Pete's natural ability. I always had to work pretty hard uh, training and coaching-wise. Pete hasn't been coached a day in his life and can manage to... He's, yeah, to be honest, he wasn't known as the best trainer at Dandenong and managed to roll out on a Saturday and, and uh, be one of the better players in second 11 cricket. So I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of not being good trainers. <laughs> well, not a great... I, I think I've always been a pretty good trainer. And, and I've you always, don't win I've games Monday training. to Friday, Mick. I'll just tell you that right now. As, as you as my head coach, and I'll just tell you now, we don't win games Tuesday and Thursdays. We win them on Saturdays. I think business time. We haven't. <laughs> We haven't, we haven't won one that though, I think you might gravitate towards Pete and the small group coaching <laughs> than myself. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big fan much. of training, just, yeah. just personally, yeah. <laughs> now, Mick, a little birdie told me you can bowl quite sharp. Is uh, that true? I had a couple of years where I let it go okay. Um, I've never been the most accurate. Uh, pretty fond of a short ball by no... Uh, 
very unintentional <laughs> short ball. Don't, ba- uh, yeah, don't bounce yeah, you, yeah, mate. But, um, don't bounce me at training, mate. Uh... <laughs> if I bounce anyone Ooh. at training, it's completely unintentional. I'll give you the hot tip. But, uh... yeah. Oh, burger doesn't matter. <laughs> if I start swinging, it's completely unintentional as well. No, no. They're, they're, very, <laughs> they're very gentle these days. Um, had a few setbacks along the way, and they're very, they're very gentle. But I like to think I've got some idea where they're going. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I reckon some Danny boys would definitely disagree. <laughs> Uh, Mick, 200s in your career, according to uh, my cricket, yeah, is that correct? Yep, yeah, yeah, 200s at, at Danny Nong, yep. Yeah. Uh, can you give us some details no, about any of those two? Any of, any of those two any good? I question might come up because I've got a few mates that'll, uh, that'll <laughs> yeah, I'll cop a spray for this for a bit of me time. But, um, yeah, no, I, I made, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the, the first 1100 I made. Um, I'm proud of it because I, I wasn't sure I'd ever get, get there, to be honest. But, um, yeah, um, I, I think. Uh, oh, jeez, I'm going to get abused for name dropping you, but we played Northcote, played no, Northcote at Northcote, and um, we were. I think we were we were in a bit of trouble. I think we'd lost um, Forsyth and Donald, which were you know obviously the the mainstays of the batting order, and we were I think five five for fifty or something like that, and and um, it was a wet, sticky wicket. It was going sideways. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus Christ! That's, that's, that's How'd you make a run, good, Mayo? But no, no. Um, I chanced my arm a bit, and uh, it came off, and uh, managed managed to get a hundred at Northgate. Um, they they bowled a pretty average spinner that I took. I think I make, made most of the runs off the spinner in three overs, and then got the fuck got the hell off the ground. <laughs> so, well, there's two pretty average spinners in this in this podcast <laughs> at the moment as well. Oh, one's average, one's back to back bowling average, but uh, yeah. No, I've looked the stats up. Play on. More than more than uh, adequate, I can tell you that. Yeah. Did you know that the last time I, every time I bowled in the last three years, I've is that right? <laughs> he hasn't looked. Yeah. He hasn't looked. Or overs. So uh, actually, I will touch on that, uh, Mick, because it sounds like there might be a little bit of praise coming my way. You uh, you mentioned on Monday night that you had gone through the stats and you sort of looked at the games and I have. Uh, you looked at individual stats. I'm assuming I have. Yeah. So just give us your thoughts around uh, one Jay Margenberg. I uh, did notice that you're leading wicket taker. Nicely done for the club. Nicely yeah, done. Forty-eight wickets in two years. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's more than handy. More than handy. Um, limited limited numbers of overs too in the first year. I might add 102 overs oh, for 24 please. wickets. That, that's that's an incredible strike rate. We could do with a couple more up in there. So I was looking at some of the stats to, um, you know, compared to some of the finals teams last year and, and to see what, you know, what the top four teams had by way of stats and, and yours were right up there. And uh, we could do with a couple more in the top 20. So we'll, we'll, set, we'll set some targets. KPIs, mate. Well, you don't have him in the first round, remember that. Okay. Remember, Burger doesn't play in the first round. Is that as right? Well. Yeah. Little indiscretion. He's a criminal, actually. Are, you, are we suggesting he's rubbed out for round one? He is. Yeah, can confirm. Sorry, mate. Can we? Can I have the explanation of this? Has this got anything to do with uh, Iceberg Gate, Nary Warren, or no? no this this no, has something have to, do with to do with us getting rubbed out of finals, mate, on the back of some terrible decisions yeah. during a game, and and uh, got told that you know it was only park cricket, and uh, I took offence to that because I'm very good at this game and. I like to think it's better than park cricket. 
am I suggest? Uh, am I wrong in suggesting we might have been stood in front of middle and and hit in the shin? Uh, on a number of occasions, <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Apparently, I'd turn it too far, mate. So the, Which I do turn it. I will say I do turn it. Uh, you know. So the names off the but, magnet board for round one. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I'll be down at Settlers Run, mate. If you need me to run drinks. <laughs> Uh, Nick, now I've got to go. We've talked about a bit about your batting. Uh, your best figures on my cricket are six for thirty. Who was that again? Uh, yeah, Campbell in the fourth eleven when I was yeah, much much younger. I might have even I might, no, they may have count. even had hair at the time. Well, there we go. Oh, well, this is a question. What is what is the bald hair? I didn't want to bring it up because I don't know if it's a medical thing or. That's very kind. It is by no way, shape, or form medical. <laughs> so, oh, so it's just it's just a personal decision. No, no. So uh, yeah, had uh, my hair as a young young fella was atrocious as it was. Um, Darren Pattinson nicknamed me Kramer when I first came to Dan in Dandenong, so you can get a, a picture of what the hair looked like. Um, and uh, Pete, I remember it must have been just after my twenty first birthday, Pete. With his full head of hair, hadn't lost a strand, looked at me and said, We're going to the shops and you're getting it shaved off. I said, Yeah, all right, all right, we'll go. And uh, sat in the chair and the um, the bird with the clippers. And I said, Short back and size, a little bit off the top. And Pete just walked straight up to her and said, No, 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 it's all coming <laughs> off. And uh, I agreed and, and uh, didn't look back. I thought, I thought I'd bow out, I'd bow out early and let people get used to it. Well, Berger is requesting that on our Mad Monday that we will definitely organise that you roll up with a head painted red with a kookaburra sticker on it. Is that right? Well, I've, that might be my idea for book week. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> I've been working in schools and I've done just about every bald, bald bloke dress up you can think of. I've been Voldemort. I've been, I've been the lot. Stone Cold? Oh, yeah. 316, smash the glass, do the lot. Tell you what, you, now you're starting to really tickle Craig in, uh, oh. in the private area there because Craig, <laughs> every time Craig messages me, I'm on the social committee and, and Craig messages me with certain sort of events that he wants to do. Now, Craig has gone and inquired to a lady in China on how to make an inflatable wrestling ring because he wants to do a wrestling ring day, uh, a re- uh, sorry, a WrestleMania day. Well, I'm not entirely against this. I've got some of the... Um... The walkout music on my playlist on my Spotify. Um, oh, Pete, terrific. Pete and I as kids were in the halcyon days of the WWF back in the before it was WWE. Really showing your age now. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, this is terrific. No, Stone Cold, The Rock. Can, Who was your favourite wrestler? Uh, favourite wrestler was Stone Cold. The smashing of the glass and the uh, the strut out to the ring had to be had to be the one. There you go. Jordan, who's your favourite wrestler? Hardy oh. Boys, come on. The Hardy Boys, tables, uh, ladders and chairs. No. Yeah. My favourite my favorite wrestler was, has always been Triple H. And uh, one of the – I remember back in around about 2005, 2006, I used to get home from school and chuck on Raw. And and uh, there it was, the day that Spirit Squad was uh, beating the crap out of uh, Triple H. What a storyline. So Triple H was getting the crap kicked out of him in the ring. And next minute, the heartbreak kid comes out, Shawn Michaels, runs into the ring, starts just smashing him, switching music everywhere, throwing him around. And at the end, just the DX, you know, we only got two words for you. And that was me. That yeah. was it. 
<laughs> DX and Triple no, H. And well, sure, Michael. One of the as well. one of the best storylines that one. One of the best story. Just everyone played at home. My my favourite is clearly John Cena. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're basic like that, mate. You are basic like that. Some I reckon you, it, you it lost its way when John Cena was around. I reckon I was off it by then. Oh, at least you don't have to sit at the car. At least you don't have to sit in the car with Georgie and listen to some podcast talk about 1980s wrestling. <laughs> I don't mind that from Georgie. <laughs> no, nah, nah, wait. Till you, all right, you can go to work. You want a job? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll leave the yeah, I'll leave I'll leave the lines to Georgie. I reckon. Uh, now, uh, when we got to watch this video that Marty Kelly's uh, lovely put together, and and it will be posted eventually one day for the public to view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned you had a season with Alex Hales, Mick. Can you tell us a few fun stories from that? Uh I, I I could, <laughs> I, I could. I'm not. Sh- I got to kind of. You, you did give me the heads up that this is a family show, so nah, I'm not well, sure kids, how many can be told. Kids, this is where you just sort of dial out. You love it, Uh or Go no, to your room. I, I Listen to, to it in your room. It was. Uh, yeah, I played a, a a full season in the first eleven, and and pretty much week in week out with with Alex and. Uh, he he is a terrific fellow that loves a good time and a, and a and a big night out. That's for sure. And uh, we we definitely enjoyed the season. There's not much more I can say. <laughs> oh, I'm no, going to no, no. get the stories out of you when we're in the change rooms. Yeah, it's not going to be round one that I'll get the story out of you, but I'll get it out of you maybe round two. <laughs> no, he's he's a terrific fella, and uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed enjoyed his season. Now I don't know. Now that you're avoiding questions, very political of you. Um, one person sent in on the Instagram to bring this up, and I don't know if you're going to be able to tell the people about it or not, um, but the person that sent it in is uh, he might like a tree and like a yarn as well, if you can put those two yeah, words together. Yeah, right, okay, yep. Um, and he said, get him to explain the fake ute story. <laughs> fake ute story? <laughs> this sounds like one of Pete's stories to me. Like oh, so, anything, anything with fake on the front, there might be a few older boys in the club that might might know where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> I think a few younger blokes do as well. <laughs> there is a bloke that rolls around in our what is it, our fifth, I think, in the yeah, in the in synthetic our, grade, in our B grade. Yes, he does play in a fake taxi hat. Yeah, no, you... there's a premiership photo on our on our wall with him wearing it. Yeah, well, you know exactly <laughs> where that kind of story is going then. Yes, yes, that is that is just terrific. <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a hell of a day to sit in the change rooms. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'll be I'm sure there'll be some good times, especially if we're going well and we can watch a couple of blokes uh, go well batting. There'll be plenty of time for some stories. I'm talking about washout days, Mick. Oh, washout days, yeah, no, no, we we love a washout day. Oh, do we ever? So, oh, I'll tell you, what, I did some. The game that I brought to Washout Days has really kicked off, hasn't it, Craig? It has. Do you want to explain it to the people? Oh, we just play uh, Chase the Ace. Have you ever played Chase the Ace, Mick? I have not. Oh, we'll bring four $1 coins next time you're at the club on a Washout Day. Right. And you'll learn. Yes, it's a gambling game. And we, uh, at Cranbourne Cricket, we usually... Uh, Gamble responsible. We usually encourage a lot of gambling. Uh, we have done days where we've played footy with cards and nearly $1,000 has been on a table. Right. I won't mention who was involved in those games because their marriages are still intact for now. Does his <laughs> name start with what? Chris and end in George? 
No, no, he no. Well, no, he wasn't there. No, he wasn't there, mate. <laughs> no, no. His marriage is far too important. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it. Good job, Georgie. <laughs> I have got also a uh, question from another listener, uh, a, a big fan of this show. And he I don't wanted... think you should bring this up, but uh, play on. Well, uh, it's been put to me from from a fan, and I do what the fans say because I'm a people person. And I got asked to ask you about. Just a certain little slur that you might get on when you've had a couple of beers after a game. And uh, when you're telling a story, there might just be a little bit of puff of saliva to the, to the lips. Is there any truth behind that, Mick? A puff of saliva? Yeah. I don't know where you're going with this. I'd, I've just been told that there's a little spit bubble that pops up in the corner of your mouth. Yeah. And it sounds like this listener has stitched me up. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that one. To be honest, I think you should name him Schoenberger. Yeah, yeah. well, Marty, Marty, have a good hard look at yourself. Never again in your life. <laughs> Never again. Call us. I've got people like Carmen and Queenie on the line, and they're offended. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't talk to this. Unfortunately, uh, I, I like I said, Bertie, you shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, well, that's the last time I ever take a message from Marty. Oh, uh, so, I'm glad you've been in it anyway. Uh, Mick, what are you looking forward to about this current Cranbourne squad um, that we've got? Obviously, we've got a few uh, new people back um, to the club. Yep. Uh, so Brad Stevens, Anto Galley, um, Paddy's back and the likes. Um, so we've added a few real good inclusions and obviously got a few new people in. What, what are you most uh, looking forward to? Oh. I suppose it's a bit contextual, but I'm just looking forward to the day we can actually all train together. Um, you know, putting in a bit of a bit of time. There's only so long you can look at stats and try and um, come up with some some ideas around game plan and and pre you know plan for preseason three times over and have it change you know as many times. I'm just looking forward to getting in the nets, meeting. Obviously, I haven't, I haven't been able to meet everybody, um, but getting you know getting the the Cranbourne training kit on and and actually being able to do something physical with with the other blokes in the nets would be fantastic for a start. Um, but in terms of the season, I genuinely I genuinely enjoy the game, um, and I play the game because. I enjoy the team atmosphere and, and being part of a group trying to achieve something together. Um, and I, I really, I'm really optimistic that we can do something pretty great this season. Um, and doing that together um, with a with a good group of boys is something that I'm really. And um, you know, whatever, however far we go is is how far we go. But I'm sure we'll have a good good time and win plenty of games along the way. Now let's. I know this might be a touchy subject, but the Saints. What are your thoughts on the Saints at the moment? Uh, I love to hate their guts, <laughs> the Saints. I have a genuine love-hate relationship with the Saints. So uh, when we lost to Frio, uh, I threw up in my lounge room and went and played golf at halftime. And <laughs> then last last week, I booked my grand final ticket. So and we we beat the bottom of the ladder. So you can kind of get how up and down on them. Um, I have no confidence in them tonight whatsoever. In fact, I've got them. I've got Port in a multi uh, to finish to finish off a three leg multi. So, um, in 
I'm barracking against them tonight. Yeah. See, Mick, I was loving what you were saying there, and then you sort of ruined it by saying you only had a three-leg multi on it. Go harder, mate. Yeah, no, no, the punters club. Big bets. Uh, the punters Big club bets, has been, odds. been way off. Six, seven, and eight-leg multis. And uh, I think some people might know Brendan Hunt, who manages to put Eastern European table tennis multis together <laughs> with, uh, like, Tranmere Rovers in the English Premier League seventh division. So he doesn't he doesn't happen to be one of the admins for the twenty eight year old male on Facebook, does he? Uh possibly. And yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I might have cottoned on to something here. <laughs> have I opened have I uh, have I just stepped into certain waters that might actually find out who one of these admins are? Uh I I wouldn't have thought he'd be an admin. I wouldn't have thought so. But sounds, re- you he's, sound he's, like he's, rela- he's, he's related like to the Marty, so he's, he's, yeah. Um, now outside of cricket, obviously you're a big uh, you're big on your golf, you and Pete. Outside of golf and cricket, uh, and football, obviously, what what are your other interests? Uh, yeah, so I'm a uh, in a school in Cranbourne. Um, most of my time. Um, what else? You're an assistant. Is that how you He's being modest, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, first year assistant principal. Yeah. Um, been pretty full on this year, obviously, with it going around. So that's been an interesting. Full on, mate. You sit at home behind a computer screen and go, yep. well, draw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're 9 till 3.30, as, as everybody knows. Um, no, no. It's been a pretty unique uh yeah, unique introduction into leadership this year. So that's taken up plenty of time. But other than that, um, Pete and I both like to cycle. So those of you out there that um, like to abuse the cyclists on the road for, for taking up a, a, a lane on the on the road, that's probably Pete and I. So are you, are you a full lycra man? Uh yeah. You can you can you can give me plenty of for that. I do don the lycra. Did. Uh, I'm what pretty color? traditional. Like no, red, no, because it's fast. Black is slimming, so I go with black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, do you know? I actually try and put on five layers of black just to just to really try and slim me down, but it doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. So, yep, no. I do do like to get on the bike. Um, golf, yeah, I love my golf. Are you riding it? Uh, I'm going to assume you like. Are you a huffy man? Like, are you a, a mongoose? <laughs> uh, no, not quite. Not not going over the uh, not going over the jumps or around the berms. Just stick to the road bike. Bo- the road bike on on the giant the giant road bike. Well, that's a, that sounds like a sponsorship plug there. Yeah, yeah. If uh, anyone's listening out there, I'm in the market for a new one. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I tend to jump on the exercise uh, bike for about five minutes and then jump onto the weights for about five minutes and then. Reward myself with a couple of beers. You're really chucking yourself in the deep end here. We're going to keep an eye on the fitness in preseason. Don't have you don't well, have to be fit to okay. take poles, mate. When you're bowling, you spins. you really are going to you and Pete are going to well. <laughs> Burger, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to give yourself a, a shameless right. plug. Um, do you want to talk Mick through that six that you hit at uh, Park? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, little dinky left armor. So Pete. Don't bowl to me, mate. Uh, they are <laughs> my favourite type of bowlers. Little dinky, left arm, crappy orthodox. 
I have always maintained the level of left armers were born half retarded. Um, Berg, so do, this... do you bowl right arm dinky orthodox? I, I bowl right arm magical <laughs> spin. <laughs> Fair enough. Continue. So, <clears throat> out of Parkmore, every other grade had been called off, and uh, we were playing a one dayer uh, for nothing. It was the last game of the season. Second on the ladder. Uh, second last, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so this bloke comes in and he's subfielding. One guy's subfielding and he's just absolutely ripping into me. You know, I can't hit off the square, all this, your crap. I said, where have you come from, mate? And he goes, oh, my game got called off. I said, where? And he goes, oh, some ground. And I knew it was a synthetic ground. I said, hang on a second. Are you a synthetic cricketer out here with us? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you can keep quiet. Were you, anyway, were you wearing a white helmet? No, I wasn't. Good, no. good. Just, no, make, so, just, make, just making sure. <laughs> good, good chat. So anyway, this left armor comes on and he's just putting in the same spot and I don't want to look like an idiot. And this bloke keeps chirping at me. And I thought, nah, that's it. I'm going for this. I don't care where he lands it. I'm just going to swing. So, and I swing and I would have put it, I mean, a big crowd. And I would have put it about <laughs> oh, eight rows back. And... Uh, turned to the bloke that was subfielding and said, well, you know, he had not so polite words. You, sir, can go and get that ball. And that was the day that I hit a big six and haven't hit off the square since. So, can... What did we lose by that day? Uh, I don't care. Took four for and hit a six. Com- <laughs> completely succumbed to peer pressure. And what was the to- What was the tally at the end of the game? Uh, eight not out, four <laughs> for 20. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Second top score. No, because Bergie, you have achieved, you have achieved the one thing that I do. It's my own this season. I hit a six. Well, there you go. Plenty, plenty of people Actually, are against Nick, me. Since you are our head coach, I will ask you a question. What do you think about a guy sending Snapchats to other blokes of him with weights, dumbbells, practicing swinging through his ass? Uh, you, you're leaving yourself wide open uh, for for uh, a lot of banter. A lot of banter. I'd say a very selective training regime. Yeah. Uh, a questionable training regime. <laughs> but very selective, directly <laughs> to the point. It's always to cow corner too, Craig, whenever you send me those videos. Oh, I, tr- I start straight. Well, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing, seeing Craig's, Craig's technique and we'll okay. see if we can get him clearing the boundary a little bit next season. Oh, wouldn't that be the dream? Wouldn't that be the dream? Now, uh, Mick, before we uh, finish up this beautiful podcast, it's been unbelievable having a chat to you. Um, do you have anything to say to our lovely members? Um, yeah, no, no. Parting word uh, I guess, as such. Again, probably going down the more serious path. I, I love yeah, no, I no, love I like a serious. laugh and a joke, but um, in all seriousness, like encouraging as many people to get along um, and family members to come down and, and watch us because – I hope, um, you know, it's my aim that we play a pretty entertaining brand of cricket and, and uh, you know, any time any club's doing a lot of winning, the the beers and the social side of the game afterwards and, you know, whether you hang around for 10 minutes, an hour or two, three, is always more fun on the back of winning. So 
Yeah, no, well, lock it in. But, um, you know, we, we aim to play a pretty entertaining brand of cricket, do a lot of winning, um, be, be very inclusive of not only the players at the club, but, um, you know, family and friends and, and, uh, and that, you know, um, that, that club rooms is, you know, you look around the DDCA, we're pretty lucky to have those club rooms we've, we've got um, and the fit. I think um, if we can make use of them and and uh, get as many people to the club as we can, that would be terrific. Lovely, very well put, Berger. Do you have anything to say to our lovely men? Uh, oh, obviously, what Mick said. Uh, there is a serious side of things, and one of the things that make a club great is the social aspect of it and and the supporter group. Uh, it's all well and good to win games, but you want to share it with people. Um, I think that the Joan Woodall medal at the start of the year was a really good stepping stone to what we should be trying to achieve in terms of a social side um, and an inclusive side to all members. Um, Yeah, it'd be great to see everyone down there. I'm sick of having beers with the same six blokes. So, yeah, it'd be be nice to branch out and hear some other tall stories. Well said. Yes, yes, very well said, Jordan. You're a man of so few words, but it's just so well put. Usually they're put in a regard that holds myself very high. <laughs> are, are we talking, yeah, if you're talking the drone, drone Woodle medal, are we yeah. going down that path again? Because I heard some of the podcast's best work from last season and there was a bit of, uh, bit of me time when it comes to the medal. Yeah, won that. <laughs> so completed that. <laughs> I've opened that up. Yeah, just remember you won it about 35 minutes before you won it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Craig completely stuffed up the vote count and I found out about yeah, half an hour before it was actually announced. So, yeah, just I want to go on the record and say that it was definitely Marty's clicker that stuffed that up. Yeah, well, Marty stuffed, stuffed up the flow of this podcast with your crap questions, so it would, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just in other news for the people listening at home, Crown and Cricket Club will be using Team App this season for exclusive information, such as I believe selection is going to be po- the aim is to post selection up there. I think 10 p.m. on a Thursday night, so it won't go out on Facebook until very late on Friday. So if you want all the exclusive uh, details on the teams and um, a few other bits and bobs, make sure you. Download Team App from your app store, search Crown and Cricket Club and uh, request to join and you will be accepted. Other than that, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, search Crown and Cricket Club. Uh, we're not on TikTok. We're not on MySpace. You on Craig, we are on Strava um, and I've seen your walks on there, which have been outstanding. You've yes. Got, yep. Some of the best yes. walking ability at the club. I'm amazing. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mick. Uh, we do have a Strava group. Uh, there's a link on our Facebook page. Please click and join, um, whether you're a player, member, watcher, um, just a person, you can join, I suppose. Um, I do do some of the best weekly walks you'll ever see at a decent pace. Can I just bring something up for a second? Um, so yes. Marty Kelly has told us today, I'm just looking at the Strava app, he has done. Okay. So he's he has logged a lunchtime run <laughs> of of, okay. of twenty three point one two kilometers. So a, a decent half marathon. Executive lunches that came out, is it? Yep. No, no. no <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. His overall pace, so per kilometer, he's 
told us that he has run 23 kilometers at two minutes and 30, <laughs> two minutes 30 per kilometer. So, <laughs> Oh, he's coming in the. He's so Marty the has <laughs> just set the land speed record for a half marathon and logged it on the Strava. This you know, is this is as questionable as it gets. It's so funny because there was actually a bloke. It reminds me of a story a few years ago. Uh, I think it was a Hawthorne player, and uh, they'd obviously been given GPSs over the summer to track their running, and everyone got back and after the summer, and yep, in great nick. Obviously, your running reflects your condition. And one of the boys came back and he was questionably unfit and uh, had logged the most amount of kilometres and at the quickest rate. And it turned out he'd actually strapped it to his dog and taken him <laughs> down to the park. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking. So Marty's just I'm looking at Marty's. I'm looking at Marty's thing and he's literally gone. Where's he gone? Geez, he's fit. <clears throat> He's run, so he's telling us he's run from Cranbourne North to Berwick. Is that to Monash? Berwick. Is Narry that the South, he's gone down Cranbourne Narry Road. He's gone down Cranbourne Road. This is a please explain from Marty. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a please explain, definite. Yeah. Wow, that is um, that is all the Monaghetti like. <laughs> That's quick. Marty Lightning um, Kelly. Yeah, this is, uh, and he's he's got someone's given him two kudos for that too. You can't that. This is just <laughs> a flat out lie. <laughs> I can't wait to set my run on tomorrow and hop in the Mitsubishi Outlander. <laughs> hope the baby girl turns on and just drive around. Well, for 10 no, minutes. yours your two point five k's at at nine minutes and a half per kilometre is far more believable, and that's that's perfectly okay. <clears throat> Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very flattering. Oh, very, Marty, very flattering. I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to get onto him here. Yeah. A bit of a Pauline Hanson boys yeah, not. He's done it on a motorbike, surely. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for joining us on a uh, beautiful Saturday night. I know it's around dinner time for most people, so thank you very much for joining no us. No worries at all. Just in time for the Saints to start, I think. Yes, you beauty. Go, go Port Adelaide. Um, thank you very much for joining us again, Berger. It's always a pleasure to thank have you. Thank you very here. much for having me, Craig. Mick, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. No worries. Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Um, as also, hop on to Spotify if you want to look at uh, Season 2 or Season 1. I believe they're all on there. Um, if you got any feedback, don't give it to us. Uh, we're not that interested in hearing about it. So um, Unless it's good. Uh, if you... Yeah, unless it's good. If you've got something nice to say, let us know, and, and I'm sure we can we can put that into action. Um, if you do want to uh, be a guest on the podcast, maybe flick us a message um, so we don't have to keep approaching other people. But uh, if you do want to be a guest, uh, flick us a message, and I'm sure we'll say yes. Uh, but other than that, thank you very much for listening on the Crown and Cree Club's Eagerness Podcast, Season 3, Episode 1. Nick Sweeney was our guest. He was brilliant. Burger, Chook. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you and goodbye.